Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and sports nutrition professor of about 15 years, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. Hey, this is Phil Stevens. I'm a coach, run Strength Guild, run the Barbell Open, amongst other things. Hey, this is Dr. Mike T. Nelson, owner of Extreme Human Performance, co-creator of the Eat to Perform certification, and teaching exercise phys for finals week. Oh, boy. Ooh. Yeah, heavy time, so, huh? Yeah, you know, it's pretty brutal. I don't want to go on a tangent, but I've got some uh, physical therapy doctoral students right now, and it, it's amazing how anal they are. You know, if you get into some of these professions like nursing, dietetics, physical therapy, they're so worried about like they try to study every sentence in every book, and I'm like, please just look at what I teach you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not that hard. Look at what I teach you. You know, and. Uh, don't get me wrong, it's nice working with high performers like that, but it's a different group than getting those freshman exercise science students who, you know, they, they're they in an exercise physiology course because they just like sports. And yeah, like, you know, I like lifting is, stuff, right? This can't be hard. Right, right. <laughs> and like, you know, what part of physiology is throwing you there? Because you've got to have some aptitude for the sciences. It's just, it's funny the, the amount of straddling you have to do with different kinds of people, you know. I'm sure, Phil, you're like that in the gym, too. There's people come in, and they, they have a pretty good handle on how the body works, and other people yeah. are just useless. Yeah, some people have no clue. Yeah. And the weird thing is we're getting a uh, a youth generation that walks in and has no clue how to move their body. And oh, normally, yeah. Normally kids in the past used to, you know, because oh, they went point. out and played all the time. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I've got kids that, like, they have really – able thumbs but that's about it <laughs> <laughs> right from games small, fast <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah that's tough but. are they more knowledgeable though do you think all that time they spend online makes do they come come to you like understanding a little bit about how their bodies like about nutrition or um no no not nothing huh no oh well <laughs> that's that's not much of an argument then for for yeah. open self-publishing yeah you so. know yeah, back in the day, editors used to be the gatekeepers, you know, so the stuff that you read was at least somewhat checked for quality, and now everybody can just publish something, so you spend all this time absorbing misinformation, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I just sent out an email the other day about, hey, here's a peer review, here's what it looks like, hey, here's PubMed, here's arrows of how to find stuff on PubMed, because I've, I've realized that people nowadays have no idea the difference between what has gone through at least some scientific rigor versus oh but it was on the mayo's website yeah like right. but that's still a website well but it's the mayo i'm like well yeah it's better than certain other sites but yeah you know i spend uh, this is my go-to for sure yeah. yeah yeah i spend the first week of almost every class talking about this class is based on evidence here's what evidence yes. is you know set the bar high fellas you know and that kind of stuff, especially if you're going to you're, you're going to school for it. You can't just accept as evidence what you see on YouTube. I'm really down on YouTube lately with some of this stuff. Yeah, I had that as a reference once. I wanted to scream. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, 
All right. Well, we have a little bit of news, everyone. And um, and then in the second half of the day, I, I stumbled on this yesterday. And this is – it might even be a little inflammatory, but we're going to do this tongue-in-cheek partly. Um, but we're going to talk about alpha males and dominant hierarchies and that sort of thing. So we're not going to drift too much into anthropology. But I will read a couple of quotes, and then we're going to talk about, you know, as lifters, are we more – vulnerable to this sort of marketing you know what is a if, if there's is there an alpha male in your gym for example or if you're a woman are you as vulnerable to this sort of thing there's some good questions and some of this is from reddit some of it's from some carl sagan books he's had a big influence on me and uh hey, we'll just kind of wrestle with this stuff in the topic of the day uh first i'll start with a little bit of all, seemingly frivolous news but uh before we hit record we were just listening to some of this but Strength and Muscle Sport News. I have been using labmanager.com for a few things for, for one of my news feeds. And the American Chemical Society, the ACS, they have some fun videos, and I've been sharing those on our um, Facebook listeners page. But this one is called How to Make Fish Less Fishy. Uh, it's in their Chemistry Life Hacks uh, series. Uh, so I'll point everybody to this in a nutshell, and uh, everybody, all the hosts just listen to some of this, but apparently it says after a day or two, the filet in your fridge starts to really smell. Now, uh, we were also just talking about whether or not this is m- more for the bodybuilders and you know, maybe the powerlifters aren't eating quite as much fish. It's hard to pigeonhole that stuff, but um, it says this is thanks to a, a stinky molecule known as trimethylamine. So it's making your fish smell bad. It says, is there any hope? So this video is basically how to prep your fish using chemistry so it has that nice, sweet, savory fish flavor uh, without, you know, being nasty, apparently. You know, your salmon or, or what have you. So in short, there were a couple of tricks. One was rinsing it off with cold water. To me, that seems like a no-brainer. Get some of the slimy, you know, whatever bacteria has grown on it. The other one was soak it in milk. For, I think, 20 minutes, they said. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a re- it's a trick that apparently really works. So if you've had your fish in a fridge for a, a day or two and, you know, let's face it, I think a lot of bodybuilders, at least, they, they'll they eat things because they, they're supposed to. You know, it's like this is on diet. I have to eat this. I mean, I've eaten hundreds, <coughs> nay, nay, thousands of cans of canned tuna mm-hmm. and oh. just straight, you know, rinse it down with orange juice or because I felt like I should, you know. So if you're somebody prepping your fish, uh, we'll post that video. But like I said, rinsing it in really cold water. You can't use hot water, apparently. Uh, Really cold water or soaking it in milk first. Uh, It'll taste a lot better and it won't be so, you know, nasty smelling uh, because of that amino acid product. So just a little kitchen hack, I guess, for me. Yeah, you had mentioned real quickly about people eating all sorts of crazy things. So. I was just doing the Ram race several years ago, so race across America. I was a volunteer for it, and we didn't really have much for food, so I had brought these little, um, they kind of looked like foil packs of tuna fillets, and the things were like, I think you could still buy them, but they're like almost indestructible. And what they do is they actually radiate the food. <laughs> okay. So you'll find them not in the refrigerator aisle. You'll find them just like sitting in the store shelves. Which is and weird. And I had one that I yeah, weird. totally forgot. Yeah, it's totally weird. Um, totally forgot about it. had been hot and cold for I don't know how many days. But I'm like, oh, I'm starving. So I 
threw it in a little container. We ran into the 7-Eleven. We had like two minutes to grab something that's in the middle of the race. And I heated it up. And everyone in the store looks around and goes, what the hell smells in here so bad? I think I remember you saying this. <laughs> yeah, so I grabbed it out of the microwave and ran out of there. And I ate it and didn't get sick. So, <laughs> Yeah, the, the stuff that... I'm always a little dubious about stuff like uh, my w- wife once got a hold of some soy milk, and she was just drinking it for some protein, essentially, but the non-refrigerated type, you know. And yeah. I, I don't know about the the food packaging is sometimes – it can be sketchy. I mean, I think we even got it like from a, a Big Lots or a discount store, you know, and, and she got – she had a nasty allergic reaction. It clearly was not – it was infected. It, it was nastily uh, overrun with bacteria, so – Mm. Uh, and there's some of them where they don't necessarily have to keep them refrigerated, but they found that their sales went up when they put them next to all the other refrigerated milk-like products. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so makes sense. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, Phil, you said Russia's uh, – first of all, in politics <laughs> they're hacking, but it's not just the political parties that yeah. Russia's hacking. Yeah, apparently uh, WADA is blaming Russia for hacking their system. Uh, a group known as Fancy Bear hacked, oh, nice into, name. Yeah, hacked into WADA <laughs> and basically in an attempt to prove that other countries are doping. Oh, jeez. Um, because they just got popped for all their doping. And yeah. this included a bunch of American athletes uh, is what they found. The The problem is, is they hacked the section of athletes who took the time and turned in all the paperwork to have legal exemptions. Um. But they're trying to say, like, Simone Biles, and they even pulled up Serena Williams and Venus Williams and, and stuff like that have been on. Look, they, they failed tests. They, they should be popped for, for doping. Well, they got they, – they popped for things they already had legal exemptions, medical exemptions for um, is the problem. That's what Wada's saying. They're like, they did nothing wrong. They went through the right channels and turned in paperwork, had their doctors, this and that. Like so, uh, Simone was on ADHD medication and stuff like that, and they had documentation she's been on since she was like seven. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they're not too happy with them. It's the second time I guess audit has been hacked in the last few months. Uh, oh wow! Now they're warning that Russia that if they uh, if they do it again, it's going to extend their ban and blah 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 blah. So, yeah, that's egg yeah. on the face, isn't it? They do it because they want to show that they're not alone, and you know they're yes. not alone. They are not. No, alone. they're not. But, yeah, now it's just like now they look guilty for doing the hack, and it didn't really yeah. get them the end result they wanted anyway. And at least if you're going to hack it, don't hack the section where people have went through the right channels and turned in the yeah, paperwork. Yeah, once you pick a better section <laughs> you know? or put yeah. weird in there, or, yeah. I don't know. So, I know nothing about that stuff. Because uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm, I'm not saying water's not corrupt. I'm sure they probably are. You know, it's pretty evident they are if Russia has been you know that able for for a long time i mean there's been there's been talk of money passing hands to let athletes you know go ahead and keep going and things like that uh so i mean i'm i'm sure they're not alone and that wad is not perfect and is nobody is but at least find some real evidence not not people <laughs> that have went through the right channels and turned in the correct paperwork i mean that's essentially why when robles got her ban she did because she didn't go through the right. I mean, it was a kind of a BS chemical she was using. She was using, you know, what it was a DHEA or whatever it was. Oh and, uh, my! You know, yeah. and they, they banned her for two years for that. But I mean, they did it because she didn't go through the right channels and just get the paperwork. 
you know? Yeah. And if, if that's the rule, you go through the rule. So. Yeah. It but. does feel like BS to have to jump through a bunch of bureaucracy, but yeah, if you're on a medicine for ADHD or you're taking some DHEA, come on. Do you think that's going to be the difference in, in, a, yeah. in an Olympic event? Yeah. You know, now don't get me wrong. There's some of those uh, ADHD meds like they're amphetamines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's just funny. But they're not the same as oral turnable or something like that. No, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> to me, it's just can we just have an open division because this yeah. is ongoing. Like you said, whether it's corruption or it's an arms race. I mean, look how long Lance Armstrong dodged those guys. They yes. never did pop him. Yes. you know. I mean, that's the problem. You know, the problem is they just opened this huge can of worms with this whole going back 12 years and testing thing because mm-hmm. the drugs are always going to be ahead. So no matter what, next Olympics, four years from now, it's not like people are going to stop. They're going to pass again. And then eight years from now, you're going to have to strip medals again. And it's just going to look horrible. Oh, you're right. God, that is so <laughs> true because technology will come along. And it's like, yeah, this yeah. has to be like on the day with with every, you, know, you know how they say like the best man or woman on that day, yeah. but yes. it, should, it should also be and with the science of the day. Exactly. Yeah, and it's, it's because they're just gonna it's gonna be an ongoing problem. They're gonna be stripping medals forever and just <laughs> discrediting know? everybody. Yes. Yeah. And it's you're never really gonna know. Did they really win a gold? Well, you know. Uh, yeah. So. Then how far back do you go, right? So if you test the first three people four years later and they all fail, yeah. You test the next three, the next three. I mean, how far are you going to exactly. go? Yeah. Right. You you end up it's, illegitimizing Olympics throughout modern history. Yes. You know. You know. And if you test one, I mean, honestly, if you retest one, well, you should retest everybody. <laughs> you yeah. know? So, huh. but, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a can of worms I don't think they should have opened. It's like, like you said, Lonnie, if they passed under those circumstances, let it be, you know? Right. Uh, even athletes who are, let's say, clean in the future – and then they're always wondering, well, maybe they use something that just hasn't been caught. Well, wait 10, 12 years and see if they're still clean. Right? Yeah, so exactly. the people who are trying to follow the rules and do everything else are mm-hmm. getting punished in the mix, too. Mm-hmm. Well, and with the ubiquity of performance-enhancing drugs, I, I'd hate to see it become, uh, on the flip side, a game of who does the best paperwork and who plays the political bureaucracy the best. I, I don't know. Yeah, leave it yeah. alone. <laughs> leave yep. it alone. Yep. Yep. So. Okay. Yeah, somebody's not thinking about the end game there. No. You know. Yeah, this is from uh, Food and Nutrition, uh, just published online. It's nine foods that may be fraudulent. Um, it's Some of these I've heard before, but they kind of compiled them all into a list. Uh, a couple of them are like olive oil that so may be substituted with a lower cost or type of olive oil or thinned with a nut, seed, or legume oil. Uh, fish and seafood. Some higher-value species have been replaced with cheaper, more abundant fish. Uh, that's been reported several times in the past that they've been just basically put under the wrong names, whether it's intentionally or not, is debatable. Uh, milk, milk-based products, uh, honey, maple syrup, and other natural sweeteners. I said honey may contain an undisclosed type of added sugars. Uh, maple syrup is sometimes thinned out with sugar or corn syrup. Uh, fruit juices, coffee and tea. They said ground coffee may be cut with leaves, twigs, and other substances. Mm. Um, Instant coffee may include chicory, cereals, and other substances. Tea may contain leaves from other plants, color additives, and colored sawdust. Um, Spices, especially the more expensive ones. uh, Organic food and products. And they said they can also sometimes add clouding agents to various products. 
what would be the purpose of that? Make yes. it look creamy or something? Or yeah, they said they're used to legally enhance fruit juices, jams, and other foods. They said one particular is a concern of fraudulent substitution or addition of a plasticizer. Uh, looks like DI phthalate and DEHP. I guess DEHP has been linked to public health risks such as cancer, reproductive concerns. That's especially scary with the non-food items. The plastics, the sawdust. Yeah. What the? You'd think the FDA would have a handle on that, but of course they chase countless startup companies that can just fold and reopen. You know, as big as the FDA is, um, they're not everywhere. Yeah, they just don't have the manpower a lot of times for that kind of stuff to do testing on it. I mean, oof, just think of how many people you'd need to do that. So, Well, you know, I think the history of the, the food technologists, you know, they've already got a lot of blunders. They do a lot of amazing things, and i got to give them credit for that. But, you know, creating margarine, trans fat margarine, oops, you know, or fat-free peanut butter, replacing the monounsaturates with sugar, oops. I mean, you could just go down a huge list. Emulsifiers in, in um, ice cream, oops, you know. Yeah amazing in terms of the technology and what they can do and on the other hand i find it like really scary that we have to do that in order to increase food sales it's like we try to make it less like food to get people to eat more of it just seems mm. so backwards yeah good point yeah <laughs> I, I, so yeah you know that's um and that's the legitimate guys tweaking the foods through proper channels what you're talking about is cutting in right. stuff you know i imagine a dietary supplement Companies have done that for decades too. You know, put some useless sulka flock in your uh, creatine or I don't know, just inert stuff to cut in. I don't know. I I don't actually don't mind a little bit uh, I mean, of how would chicory. Chicory is you know they, there's some forms of coffee like that. Um, the stuff mm-hmm. they sell down in New Orleans. What is that stuff? Uh, I have to think about that. Listeners are probably yeah. shouting at, at their <laughs> speakers. Yeah. Uh, but you can buy got, chicory as a coffee substitute. Yeah, yeah. chicory is really good in coffee, actually. Yeah. No, this reminds me of there was a, I don't know if you guys saw it, at the end of uh, about a month ago, it came out. Some Swiss butcher got popped for selling over the last few years. Basically, they estimated 3.1 tons of pork. He sold to Muslims as halal veal. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and, yeah, he'd been Oops. doing it for years. He's doing six months in jail and got an eight, like an eighteen thousand dollars fine. They weren't too happy. So. Oh, wasn't that quite a bit different? <laughs> I, I, I guess, but I don't know. I don't know how it's prepared, but huh. the food inspectors found it during just a random check of his door, and hey, that's not veal. That's pork. So, <laughs> wow. The other way. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I know they'll sell some cuts of beef for others, you know, and uh, I've, I've seen little videos on that. Oh, hey, I know what it's called. Café du Monde uh, down uh, there in, in New Orleans, the chicory coffee. So, Okay, uh, let's go to break. We'll, we'll come back. We'll, we'll have an interesting uh, discussion that affects, I think, marketing, gym politics, etc. Uh, we'll talk about alpha males. Hey listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh you poor meathead, all that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what, 
there is a book available. You could simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote-unquote educated uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, there's an enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety, uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that. And uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single-digit royalty on the book. But that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. And on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, We'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, You can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, It's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook – Uh, That would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. All right, everybody, we are back from break, and we are going to talk about alpha males in the gym. Yeah. So, definitions and I don't know. This is a weird subject to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it is because in one sense as a gym owner, I mean I want to talk about pros and cons of this stuff too, right? I don't want people saying, oh, well, Phil's the alpha male in the gym, and we're all just – monkeys following his lead you know because you could be an alpha uh, when you look at this history stuff and we were talking about this before we hit the record button everybody but um like you could be the best hunter in a village and you're the alpha because you're the best or even the best farmer you know you're you consistently produce the best crops as opposed to the farmer who can't you know raise a grain so there's good reasons for some of this too but uh, I, when I stumbled across this, it, was, it wasn't through lifters' channels, but, you know, my lifter mind, I guess, just starts sort of um, – my Dr. Frankenstein mind maybe applies this to lifters because I think in some ways we might be more vulnerable to this, and this is something we can talk about. Uh, but let me set the stage with some of this stuff. Uh, some of this is quotes from books. Some of this is uh, from Reddit and that kind of thing, but – 
let me give you the example of, and you know, I should also make the disclaimer. Uh, Phil and Mike and I, we are not, you know, anthropologists. We're not sociologists. It's just interesting to look at this from the the biology side, maybe, and how a lot of online websites and publications and magazines they do a lot of this stuff. So uh, it says early. This is one from um, Shadows of Forgotten Ancestors from Carl Sagan. It says early primates communicated in part by spraying scents from specialized glands. You know, they developed larger eyes. Uh, hands to manipulate things. It says typical primate dominance hierarchy rituals had probably already appeared, even early primates, including both sexes, presenting their rears as a gesture of submission to the dominant male. So some of this stuff, when animals do it, you know, it's so obvious. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of funny. It's it's kind of embarrassing, I guess. Uh, you know, when you start to look at some of this stuff, like listen to this. This says. In squirrel monkeys. Now, I hope most of our listeners believe in evolution. Uh, if you're a creationist and you believe the world was created 5,000 years ago, I, I just disagree with you. But having said that, I'm going to talk about evolution. Okay, I'm not going to disrespect anybody's religious beliefs. But squirrel monkeys with gothic facial markings have a kind of ritual or display that they perform when they greet one another. Uh, the males bare their teeth, rattle the bars in the cage, utter a high-pitched squeak which is pro- possibly terrifying to uh, squirrel monkeys, and lift their legs to exhibit an erect penis. While such behavior would border on impoliteness, it says in human gatherings, it is fairly elaborate act and it serves to maintain dominance hierarchies in squirrel monkeys. Now again, this is, um, this is another Sagan book. Dragons of Eden, I believe this one is. But he goes on to say, and again, bear with me, I'm going somewhere with all this. It says, this is related to some of the oldest parts of our brains that you know primates share with other mammals and with reptilian ancestors. And you can actually put lesions in parts of these brains and, and change these behaviors. So it says, the connection between sexual display and position in a dominance hierarchy can be found frequently among primates. Among Japanese macaques, uh, social class is maintained and reinforced by daily mounting Males mounting lower social caste males who act submissive and act like females. Uh, it says these mountings are both common and perfunctory. They serve to have little sexual context, but rather are easily understood symbols of who basically is in charge. Uh, now, this is sort of interesting. It says in one study of the behavior of squirrel monkeys, Casper, the dominant male in the colony, uh, by far the most active displayer was never seen to copulate, although he accounted for two-thirds of the genital display in the colony, most of it directed toward other males. The fact that Casper was highly motivated to establish dominance with the other males but was insignificant toward the other sex, you know, suggests that, you know, this is purely display and it's not really substantive. And I just think this is funny, too. You know, Mike, you had mentioned something about, you know, if you go to someone's... um, like a Pinterest page or you go to their their YouTube page and that kind of thing and they're really projecting visual displays mm-hmm. right um, you know so I don't it, I just think it's kind of funny because here it clearly shows you know the guy this this dominant male he's he's one of the ones that are all fluff and he's not actually mating he's just you know say, saying to all the other men look how awesome I am check my junk <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know and I do see that among lifters. Before I go on to some other quotes, I'll, I'll open this up to you guys. But I do see this among 
uh, some lifters too. You know, you get the guys who are they're sort of um, maybe they won the genetic lottery a little, or they've got abs, or whatever they perceive themselves as to be worthy of a display. Maybe not a genital display on YouTube, but and then they say, "So you should listen to me." You know that kind of thing, Phil. What do you think about that? Because I mean, you're a gristle veteran, and you demonstrate. I mean, any position that you have, I, I would argue you demonstrate. Yeah. Generally, uh, right when you brought this topic up, generally what I see is usually the people out there screaming the loudest that they're an alpha aren't. You know, and it's it's usually I don't know if you look at like the primate level, if you look at. You know, it's like watching a, a colony of gorillas or something. You have that the the new young and up and comers, like the the true silverback of the group is just like chilling in the sidelines. You know, it's like yeah. I'm going to come over when I have to, and I'll kill you. And then you have the adolescents that are like <laughs> going crazy, running around, smacking each other, and that's <laughs> right. kind of what it is. You know, yeah. uh, I can see like, that. You know, it's like the, the real alpha is just sitting over in the corner like, okay, just don't do anything stupid and I'll stay here. Right. You know? yeah. And they only step in when something really stupid happens. It's the ones out there screaming the loudest usually. And you see this in the gym too. Like, oh, I'm a badass. Nah, no, you're not. Um, you know, I've seen personal examples. Uh, it's, it's trying to kind of – they're trying to be part of a group. It's usually – and usually I see this in – I don't know. It's people that just started. You know, maybe they're on year two or something, and they've passed a certain level, and now they, you know, and hopefully then they progress to a higher level where they don't feel they need to to scream about it all the time. So, right? Yeah. Sometimes they'll make the mistake, and you know, like I said, I've actually seen this myself. I'll I'll withhold the story, but uh, sometimes one of those loud chest beating, you know, intermediates, they get so confident. Yeah. They walk over to the silverback. That's yeah. a mistake. <laughs> that's that's going to be a mistake. <laughs> exactly. And like you're talking about, and usually the usually the silverback just actually shows you. He doesn't talk about it. Yeah. You know, it's like, right. okay, here you go, bump. You know, what you're so yeah. What you're saying there's a there's an old I think it's a it's an Asian quote about a shallow babbling brook versus the deep quiet river. Yeah. You know, there's there's not as much substance there, and it's making the most noise. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. So no, that's good. I saw something like that similar years ago when I first started lifting in the gym, like decades ago, which makes me sound old. But there was a couple of younger kids, and they were doing some bench press stuff, and they're getting all excited, and they had you know the I think it was like one thirty five on the bar, and the one kid just got stapled by it, and his two other buddies are just standing there like staring at him as this you know kid's getting almost squished by the bar. And so I'm watching this from across the room, and one of the basketball guys at the time, pretty big dude, walks over there, grabs a bar, pulls it off him, does five curls with it, and sets it back on the rack and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 They all so, look kind of horrified. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, some yeah, sometimes things are real substance, you know, and real ability, and sometimes it's it's less so. And I just think it's interesting, right? Marketers know a lot of this stuff. You are market. You have people marketing to you, and I see it a lot. And I'm not going to name names, but I see a lot of online publications and very famous gyms, uh, even here in Ohio, where there's a lot of hardcore powerlifting community and stuff. And they really take the sort of alpha male that kind of approach that occasionally, you know, just like the animals will mount lesser males just to prove, you know, how 
strong they are, macho they are, you'll also see a little bit of that, like an insult thrown at somebody who doesn't believe the way you do, you know, very black and white kinds of statements, because that, that insulting other people is, it's almost an attempt to remain an alpha, in a sense, you know. Um, I see this in, in whole gyms, even. You know, oh, you'll, yeah. you'll see, like, strongest gym in Kansas, and it's like, wait a minute, you know, my girls beat your guys. How are you going to claim that? You know? Right. And, and things like that. You, it, it's weird because you know, usually it's not the strongest gym. I go back to the, what I said before, but usually it's not that strongest gym that's yelling that they're the strongest gym or whatever it is. You know, it, for some reason, it's like if you feel the need to, to scream that out there, then you're probably not that thing. Yeah. Um, because your, your practice would show it. You know, and that's kind of like one of our little mottos that we've gained recently was, uh, "Do shit, don't talk shit." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it's uh, you know, talk's cheap. You know, show me. You know, if you can't show me, then it's not it's not worth it. So, yeah, it's sort of uh, like the guys. Uh, I don't know. Women are as guilty for this. Maybe if you're a woman listener, you can you know send us an email through ironradio.org or whatever. But um, you know, they have big trophy cases. They're almost compensating. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get guys who th- their trophies are just in their garage. Some guys even break their trophies or discard them, you yeah. know. And, you know, I, personally, I, I keep mine in a box in the garage. I didn't do I didn't do the whole smash it as soon as you get it because that kind of disrespects the person who bought the trophy for the <laughs> event. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. It's not like I have buckets of trophies or anything. But yeah. um, Anyway, here's an, another one. This is uh, from... A book on social phobias. Uh, it's called Social Phobia from Shyness to Stage Fright. It's by John Marshall. Uh, and I'll just read a little clip out of here because it refers to uh, women in this process. This is called Hierarchies for Group Living. The evolution of the group living system. And again, I'm thinking gyms. I'm thinking readerships and listenerships of social media. Um, the evolution of a group living system made it possible for inju- individuals to live together in relative space and uh, relative peace. True groups could evolve as a result of the development of social hierarchies, a social submissive system with social fear at one end and social dominance at the other. Every single individual in the group, male and female, took its remarkably re- precise place among the continuum from dominant, dominant to submissive. To preserve or adjust the social order of a group, dominant individuals retain their position by having antagonistic relationships with other or encounters with other members of the group. Dominance hierarchies are most often male, but not always. In some species, the females have their own dominance hierarchies uh, paralleling the male system. And at least the case with velvet monkeys, females dominate the males and have their own hierarchies. Um, (laughs) So it basically talks about how they try to convey you know, information to each other. And there's really very elaborate rituals that go on with this. Like it will, it'll talk about gaze avoidance, crouching, fear grimacing, you know, um, even you know, taking a, a submission, a sexual posture and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, that, that Sagan book, The Shadows of Forgotten Ancestors, gets quoted in this book as well because it's sort of a search for who we are. You know, why do we behave the way we do? And I guess I'm bringing this up because if we have, I think maybe I'm I'm biased in this way, but I have a feeling that we have a good mix of listeners and some of them are thinkers and they want to think about, am I 
am I following this particular gym's uh, system or you know this guru's system because I'm actually I'm assuming the position you know I'm being submissive and yeah. I'm falling into this, this <coughs> hierarchy I guess see but that's a tough situation because I mean when you run a gym I mean you've seen my place there needs to be a hierarchy because like you said it's controlled chaos Mm-hmm. So there has to be a ringleader at some point. If not, it would be complete. It would not be, it would be just chaos. It wouldn't be controlled at all. Right. So, yeah. I mean, and that's, I, I argue that like anybody that's going to a coach and to, to get training, it's you need to buy into the system. You need to just believe it and do it at some point. That's the reason you're doing it. You do that with any teacher. You know, if I was going to a math teacher and I didn't believe the way they were teaching, then I probably wouldn't learn very well because I'd be doubting it the whole time. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, you do need some kind of hierarchy. It's just what, what differs is how how that leader leads. You know, there are some that are really loud and boisterous and this and that, and then you know others that are just, hey, do what I say. I'm more of a, uh, here, do this. If you don't want to, go somewhere else. Right, <laughs> I don't right. care. It's like, leave. If you don't believe it, leave. Yeah. You know, because I'm not going to steer you wrong, but I'm also not going to beg you to do the right thing. Well, I think know? I'm so. I guess I'm thinking more along the lines of the online world. You know, where oh, yeah. you'll get a nutrition guru. You know, yeah. like a certain person, they come up with their own version of paleo, or yes. they'll write an article and they'll state a bunch of their personal opinions. They're always pushing their system as fact, and mm-hmm. when when someone sort of questions it. They insult them. In in a sense, that's an aggressive display. I'm going to put you back down. You know, you will listen to me and you won't ask why, you know. And you're right. It may be an issue of scale. Like in a gym, this can be a good idea, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Online, though, I think, like you said, talk about controlled chaos. Here's another quote from Sagan. He says, one of the great commandments of science is, quote, mistrust arguments from authority, close quote. Then he says in parentheses, scientists being primates and thus given to dominance hierarchies, of course, do not always follow this commandment. And that's from The Demon Haunted World. That's one of my favorite books that he has. And again, I guess the the idea here is, yeah, everybody's going to have to come up with some kind of compromise between, am I being a sucker? You know, am I assuming the position (laughs) or... Am I getting with a program? Because like you said, Phil, I mean, there's even an old Zen quote that, that's basically stop all your bargaining and get with a program. Yes. Because otherwise you don't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, let me ask Dr. Nelson. What do you think about whether it's locally or online, um, this whole alpha male marketing idea? Yeah, I tend to see it more. I mean, you see it in some gyms, but I think what Phil was saying, too, with the gyms, what I've seen is very interesting is it's very – you know, kind of the people who are kind of up and coming, the kind of intermediates. And, you know, the more advanced gyms I've been at were, you know, I remember a couple of them walking in going, oh, my God, I'm so scared. These guys, like, deadlift twice as much as me. And they're like, hey, how's it going? And they're, like, super nice, like, yeah. super open, I mean, easy to talk to. Um, sometimes the more intermediate places were actually much worse, in my opinion, for that kind of behavior. Um, and I think online is just like a magnifier because those people are now not trying to just stand out in terms of the 20 or 30 or however many people are at their local gym. Now they're trying to stand out in terms of, you know, thousands and millions of people. So it just, I think, breeds everything to be more and more and more extreme just for the sake of being extreme at the same time. That's a good point. Yeah, the hyperbole is because you're yeah. so desperate to stand out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's a, a guy from Reddit says, 
I know human societies have tiers, but hunter-gatherers are generally <laughs> egalitarian. My interest is on the smaller scale, whether humans have alphas, betas, gammas, etc., like chimps and wolves. And again, this is from the Ask Science subreddit. And there's some interesting stuff in here. Now, the one guy does say, and we need to qualify this too. Again, it's just one way to look at it, right? Sort of a there's, if there's a biopsychosocial aspect to everything, we focus so much on the bio here that we don't focus on the psycho and social as much, maybe. But uh, the one comment here. It says, uh, human behavior is more plastic and changeable than other species, but generally we, we tend to fall in the middle of the primates, and we have a much greater degrees of diversity. And I think that's important, too. So we need to talk about the pro side of this, too. Like you were saying, Mike, if you, you're, you're intimidated by this huge guy, and it is kind of a display. You know, he weighs 260 yeah. pounds. He's, he's huge. He's, when he's lifting, he looks pretty intense, even the guys who don't scream. You know, yeah. you get that brooding kind of guy who's, you know, and he's huge and he's pulling 700 pounds for two reps or three reps off the floor or something or whatever he's doing, squatting. And then he's actually quite cool. And, again, I think that explains the – that's a positive aspect probably of of hierarchy. You know, he's like – he's not just look what I can do uh, or he's not going to insult you or, you know, if he were a monkey, he wouldn't try to mount you. <laughs> he's, he's just – Rush me. <laughs> he's, he's actually there to help you, and I think we're we're clever enough, at least some of us, to be. You know, you get those guys who they're alphas, and they've grown confident over the years, and they're very helpful. Yeah. You know, instead of like insulting and grandstanding, maybe. Yeah, I know the research of uh, Dr. Robert Sapolsky. He's got some very interesting research on looking at stress responses from being in those different positions in that you know society. Um, in terms of the submissive ones, a lot of times have much higher levels of stress, you know, cortisol and things of that nature. Yeah, and yeah. he's even talked about it. I think it was in with zebras, why zebras don't get ulcers. I could be wrong on that. Um, where some of the culture has actually changed, like the alpha male kind of one of them left and how the culture can change and the stress response and everything within that can change pretty radically, too. Yeah. Right. It does say uh, in this Reddit, this subreddit, there's some comments in here about how in a lot of animals, uh, there's just the one or two dominant males and how because they're they're sort of polyamorous, you know, they they have multiple female mates. And it's always about that, you know, whereas humans generally were were more monogamous, at least, I guess, in theory. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's not a constant fight to have multiple mates i suppose you know although let's face it you can see a lot of that stuff online too i mean even yeah. tv like jersey shores and stuff you know let's or how many you know i'm a player you know i'm gonna yeah. i've got all these <laughs> ladies you know and and that kind of stuff it, it to me like i said it, it's almost we don't want to admit you know that we have parts of our brain um that evolved from you know, primates, and you can clearly see how people fall in line in different ways, or, you know, they, they try to be an alpha for for different reasons. So, um, Hey, uh, just maybe lastly here, right, well, two things. First, uh, let, me, let me ask you, Dr. Nelson, are lifters more vulnerable to this kind of stuff, than uh, to this type of marketing than other populations? Because, you know, we are performance and size-based in our field, are we more vulnerable to alpha male marketing, like to a guru or an author or? Yeah, I, sadly, I would say probably yes. 
Um, so I think there is a sort of a stigma of wanting to fit in. You know, there's also, and you see this in the general population too, of just wanting to believe in that one thing or just the one only uh, system or supplement or, or whatever. So I think you're matching some of the marketing with someone who already wants to believe in all of that. Um, and I know for myself, I've even you know fallen into that. It's like, oh, new supplement XYZ. You know, there's a part of me that's like, wow, I want that to work really well. That would be super cool. But then there's the logical part of my brain that's like, eh, the odds of that are like slim to none. <laughs> so you're a thinker. <laughs> you we know? got a thinker over here. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think a lot of people, you know, especially if you don't have the background and that type of thing, you know, it's just, and if that's the only kind of media you consume, you know, that's sort of expected in that area, right? So there's always the next big thing. So you just kind of tend to, I think, gravitate towards that at the same time. Right. Especially when it's, I guess, to point, right? Especially when it's presented with such confidence, like this is how right. it is. This is just the way it is. The new rules of this or that. I see that a lot, you know. And it's like, well, you know, the thinking person's going to be like, well, what, what new rules? Like everything else is now wrong. And I have some friends who yeah. have put that in the titles of their books. So don't get me wrong. I, I understand the need to stand out like that. But at the same time, yeah, it gets presented in such a confident, charismatic way. People just kind of fall in. And I don't think everybody is as critical minded as you, Dr. Nelson. Yeah, and the, the flip side to that, too, is that there's so much really good stuff that was super old. But if you, you presented it right and said the 10 oldest rules of lifting, it's like no one's going to read that. Yeah. But if you present it as new, since it is technically new to those people who never look back at all, I think there is kind of a, maybe a pro where you can take older principles that have worked for a long time and just sort of repackage them and present them again so maybe you're getting people away from the bright shiny object by you know kind of using a little bit of that too right and i'd, I'd say it happens more in nutrition than it does training yeah. yeah there's less on the display side you know like um with with food you'll get this guru and he's like here's my system and this is what i, I don't like they'll start setting up just completely pulled out of their ass concepts like for the first 12 hours after you lift, you're in this phase, and then you're in that phase. And, yeah. <laughs> and they're, just, they're just sort of constructing these, and a lot, of, a lot of them, they start to buy their own spiel. You know, like they believe that person – and I've seen um, – uh, I, I, I'm thinking of one or two that we all know, in fact, who they present things, and they've lost the, the difference between personal opinion and real evidence. Mm. They think that my professional opinion, that I'm so legit – I'm so dominant, and you know that I, I have the answer, and they believe it. Yeah. You know, so it's not just that they're trying to trick everybody. I think sometimes they do believe their own spiel, not realizing that, like you were saying, kind of alluding to Mike, that there's some of this is rebranded from what's come before, or I don't know what have you. But yeah, um, and it's I I even know that I kind of walked that fine line too because it's like I. I want to push it a little bit because I, you know, if there's something that's good. I want people to know about it. So on one hand, whether it's a title or an email opening or whatever, but the flip side of that is I want to make sure that it's still an actual legitimate thing, and then you don't end up going down sort of the the pathway of this is the latest and greatest, and this is the next best thing. Because yeah. it, you would think after a while, right? You'd say that oh, if 
let's say you're on an email list, right, and someone's promoting 17 or 24 products within a year, and every one of them was like the answer to your dreams, how does that work? Like, how do you have so many one answers to the same question? <laughs> right, it's not logical. You know, but. Well, and that's mistakes happen. Like, people, coaches, oh, yeah. coaches should be able to come back and admit, hey, I was wrong. But I try to limit my, oops, sorry, guys, shouldn't have said that. You know, and that, that yeah. happens by thinking first. You know, you don't see, like you said, the new shiny object and then push it out there. You actually research it and maybe try it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, before you push it out there, like, oh, look at this. It's freaking amazing. I read this on Reddit or what, you know. Yeah. And four people had amazing results. You know, you should try it. And then a month later, you're like, oh, never mind. It sucks and gives you butt cancer. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. You, know, you actually think before you put things out there. Like, I've had people come out to me about various different things. Like, hey, will you put this out there? And they're amazed that I won't put something out there just to make money. Because there's a lot of that going on right now. Oh, well, there yeah. sure is. People that push things. And I'm like, no, you got to prove, prove to me it works. Send me some. Let me try it. Let me see if it works for me. And I'm not just going to put something out there because I would be totally discredited. Okay, Phil. You know? <laughs> I, got, I got a hard question for you then. So whether it's a, a diet system or a training system or whatever, and this is going to open a little can of worms. I know we're winding down on time, but what about – the use of you know heavy performance enhancing drugs like the guys that are just juiced out of their minds and then they get little buddies to follow them around in the gym or they even take it out to the internet you know and they're huge uh, so because you were talking about demonstrate you know ability that kind of thing so if you're gonna if you are gonna take your place in a dominance hierarchy of some kind uh, what should people be looking for in in that leader person because it can't just be the guy with the biggest bench press, you know, or the biggest biceps, because technology, pharmaceuticals, you know, a lot of people abuse that to to try to hold that mantle, if that makes sense. So what should people be looking for in that, you know, that leader, that alpha, uh, you know, whatever? I mean, I can only speak, I can't only speak, but I will only speak in the case of a coach. I mean, if, if, if somebody's looking at a coach, they don't need to look at them and what they've accomplished. They need to look at what they've helped other people accomplish. Mm-hmm. If they can't show that they've they've helped numerous other people actually accomplish something with their system, then I'm going to question their ability. You know, because there's plenty of people out there that are just genetically gifted and have been able to do something. You know, but to be able to take that now and teach it to others and have them display the same is a, a totally different. You know, can of worms. So that's good advice. Yeah, uh, Doctor Nelson, what about you? If let's take a dietary approach, what are you going to look for if someone's this charismatic, you know, uh, leader and he wants people to follow his system and he wants to be the you know the alpha here? Uh, are you going to look for something in particular in substance? What should people look for in substance when it comes to the you know maybe more the nutrition metabolism side? Yeah, I think like Phil said, very similar, you know, if they're advertising coaching, you know, what have their, you know, clients done? Um, another thing you can always ask too is do they have any clients you can physically talk to? Mm-hmm. You know, so if someone, I just did this with the guy the other day and I said, yeah, I got, you know, clients that, you know, current clients, if you want to talk to them privately, 
cool. I'll give you their number. You know, I'll talk to them ahead of time, and you can ask them whatever the hell you want. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> right? Okay. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there should be some way of verifying what they're doing. And then, you know, obviously I'm biased, but I like to look as, you know, what is their background? You know, do they have a fair amount of experience? Do they have some academic background? And even if it's only a two-year or four-year degree, you know, have they, to me, have they taken the time to go back and understand what are the basic principles, not all the new fancy fuzzy stuff, you know? And I know you've recommended this too, Lonnie. It's like, I don't know how many new trainers I've told. I said, you don't necessarily have to go to college, but go to Amazon. We can give you a list of, you know, legitimate exercise phys textbooks. You can pick them up for dirt freaking cheap mm-hmm. yeah. and just start reading it. Hell, even if you have any questions, ask me. I will help you. But you have to read it first and tell me what book you bought. Yeah. And that's hard because that's not sexy. That's not, you know, you're not going to win any accolades on Instagram for that. But I think that's where you have to start because you have to kind of know the baseline and basics of what you're dealing with. Right. One of my rules has always been if someone's going to take a a leadership authority position, and maybe dominance is too strong of a word here, but – yeah, I always look for some kind of balance. Like, are they presenting this from two sides and weighing the evidence for me? You know, are, are, or are they cherry picking and just trying to rely on their own awesomeness somehow? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to get the thing across, the point across. I'm going to ask yeah. one last thing before we're done. This is a hard one. It's for Phil, and you can make it brief if you want to, because I know you work with a lot of women. Okay. Do women fall? Are they different in some way in the dominant hierarchy thing and uh, the alpha female kind of thing than the men are? <sighs> That's tough. Uh, women? No, I mean, they're, you see it amongst our women. Like who's who's in charge and who's not? You okay, know? And yeah. I think it's just bred into them. It's, a lot of that comes down to just their natural ability. You have some people that are more put back and quiet and this and that and some people that are more uh, you know, outgoing right so i mean that's that's part of it but i don't know we're lucky in that we've kind of bred an atmosphere where everybody's kind of family um and yeah there's clear there's clearly people who others follow them and usually it's due to their ability and this and that and they have something to learn but the guy whoever they're following the guy or gal they're following is not an ass about it they're like hey let me help you so I think that kind of fun, it naturally finds its spot, but I don't think they're any different, especially now. I mean, women are taking a strong role in society even. So yeah. yep. I don't know. You know they're- it's a good point to end on. I think people are complicated, and there are pros and cons, right? I guess the yeah. whole point of this, as I'm reading this stuff, it's so shockingly easily applied to politics and marketing, you know, and like, oh, my God, we are – evolved from mammals we are prone to dominant hierarchies and but there are some pros like learning things protection you know the newer or weaker of the group i mean they yeah there's benefits to some of this stuff so i think you know i think the only problem that i see with women is and it's not a problem with women it's actually a problem with men there are still men out there that have a problem taking orders from a woman and i've seen that in my own gym i've had to fire numerous people because they would. I would tell them to do something. They'd do it when I was there, and then my wife, who's been a coach as long as me, would tell them the same thing, and they wouldn't do it. Oh, and it'd be like, you're mm. done. You're out. <laughs> you know, she's yeah. not only a coach; she's an owner. And if you can't <laughs> listen, you're you're gone. You know, and I don't I don't need you here. You know, because you know she knows a lot more than you do. Right. And you, things you see, like that. But that's so. sort of case in point that. It, those people they look for dominance displays like you can't yes. squat more than me i'm not listening to you oh yeah 
Uh, so you're not thinking clearly about this. So. Yeah, well, the stupid, <laughs> the, the stupid fact about it is you walk in my gym and my girls are usually out squatting the dudes. <laughs> most most random guys that walk in there, it's like, shut up. Just because she has boobs and a nice butt doesn't mean she isn't strong and doesn't know something. Right. right. You know, she's been at this for a long time. Right. So. You know, put two and two together, she's probably got that butt because she's squatting a heavy <laughs> yeah. weight. Yeah. So, uh, and that's, that's you know, that I guess that's probably, I guess it's somewhat primal or maybe... Uh, just something driven in society that hadn't fixed itself yet, but we see that sometimes. And but it, it may not, not often. I just think it's good to know about human nature, you know, yeah. and that some of these things are sometimes they're used to market and manipulate, and yeah. sometimes they're used to educate and and bring people up. I guess yeah. you know. So okay, cool All stuff. Right. Have a good one. Cool. Thanks, guys. Yep. Bye bye. Hey listeners, have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store. One for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry. And they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store. Uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, Please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.